Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom, where wisdom comes from everywhere. This is a podcast about generational wisdom shared to help build a bridge for future generations and to build stronger communities through education, technology, and health. Welcome to Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. Hola, mi gente. This is Teresa Gonzalez with Latinas from the Black to the Boardroom. Today, I am so excited to discuss the women that are championing technology in the Central Valley. We're talking about three community activists giving people their hope to build the next generation of technology, as well as bringing community together to understand the legacies they can leave behind for future generations As I stated in my last podcast, Latinas from the Black to the Boardroom is how we come together and change the dominant narrative through these platforms where we're communicating our wonderful stories and how we can lift others up. So let's get to it. Today, my amazing mujeres that are joining me today on Latinas from the Black to the Boardroom all come from the Central Valley. Daisy Moraga Fuentes. She started as a 14-year veteran at E&J Gallo Wineries, where she learned manufacturing distribution and media. She is a certified Lean Six Sigma and safety and development, and she graduated from Cal State University Monterey Bay with a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. Daisy became a Google developer and a group organizer for women tech makers in 2019. Today, she is a project manager at Bitwise Industry and a co-founder of her new startup business, Yuda. Joining her today is Carla Davies. She is a first-generation daughter of Mexican immigrants. And Davies is a vibe creator, founder, and she is behind her own business marketing company, Corazon IO, which is a social justice and civic engagement community capacity building consulting collective. And she shares her community talents as a director at Bitwise Industry. And she is a partner of the startup with Daisy at Yuda. And we're welcoming her and our last guest, Roxanne Finks. Roxanne is a rock star. She is a Salesforce project manager at Bitwise. And she started her tech journey in the U.S. States Army. And after being discharged under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, she pursued a computer information science degree at CSU Stanislaw. She is a wife and a mother to two twin toddlers, which motivate her every day to make tech more equitable for future generations. So let's welcome these three mujeres to Latinas from the block to the boardroom. Welcome, ladies. Hola, hola. These ladies today are joining me to have a very big talk about the Central Valley, which we're all from. I'm from Fresno. They're from Modesto, California. And we're talking about tech, STEM, and how we need to invest more in the communities and how they got involved in bringing a lot of STEM and tech initiatives to communities. And I'm just going to start this off by saying, ladies, you are really a force to be reckoned with and a juggernaut when you're all together. I've seen you. You've put on several events, one most recently Dev Wars, which is uh, justice, equity, 
and design inclusion for folks in Modesto, California. And a lot of people came out and thank you for having me as a speaker. I am so appreciative of that. But these are the events you put on to bring awareness around STEM and tech in education. So I'm just going to put that out there and just say, why is this such a big initiative or heartfelt driven mission for each one of you ladies? And, and we can start with Daisy or Carla, whoever would like to go first. Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first. We did do Dev Wars and it was all centered around justice, equity, diversity and inclusion. So that's what the Jedi stood for. And I think a big reason for me is when I was trying to go to school for computer science, I had nobody really that looked like me around to ask for help or to kind of guide me through the process and help me understand like what roadblocks I would run into and how to navigate those. So that was a really big part of why I felt events like these were important and communities like these are important in the Central Valley. Right. And Daisy, just real quick, I know I met you at a Salesforce event sometime in the past, and that was a great connection. We just hit it right off. You're first gen here into Modesto, California. Where are you originally from? I was born in Central America in Honduras, and both my parents are from Nicaragua, and they came here uh, in the late 80s, fleeing civil war. My dad was a prisoner of war, so we got asylum a year in, uh, being here in the United States, and for them, it was like everything was brand new here. So it's been a long journey and haven't always had some privileges to like just early on say, I'm going to study computer science. It was definitely a longer road for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people that I've had interviewed on my podcast, their first gen and their eyes are wide open and the parents really have this big motivation to really assimilate and to really have education as part of their whole focus for their children. Was that really a big part for you in that coming here and you're going to go to school and we want you to do all these things? And that's what I hear from a lot of first gens and the sacrifice the parents made, you know. It was definitely a sacrifice for them being that they wanted us to feel safe. Safety was like a big part of why we came to the United States. And education was important, but I think more than anything, it was just about safety. And I think that's another reason why it took me a little longer to get to where I am today and get my computer science degree and get into the tech industry. No, your timing's perfect. There's no rush to get into it. You know, oh, my God, if I don't make it into a tech job after college or, you know, you haven't even gone to college, you can still get into tech. So I'm going to segue into that with Carla, because Carla, you have an amazing story, Carla. You're also from the Central Valley in Modesto, California. So I'd like you to share a little bit about your journey into tech and how you started, because you're first gen also, Carla, here in Modesto, California, your path wasn't always a straight arrow into tech, but somehow you managed to get involved and you were connected and now you are in tech with Daisy and Roxanne. So do you want to share a little bit about that journey with us? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, Edessa, for having us. We're very excited to be on 
Latinas from the block to the background. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm so excited to always feel like the the weird one in our group of three. I'm calling us the big three because like we're gonna do big things, but we are doing big things. I should say that, right? Like affirmation is that we have been doing great things and big things, absolutely, and with nothing but passion and time and no money, right? Which we can talk about about that later, but. Yeah, my intro to tech, really, I never thought, I did not go to school. I'm not a developer. I didn't go to school for any of those things. I, I was like, I'm not really science-y. I'm not really a math person. You know, uh, I love talking to people. I love communicating. I'm a vibe generator. I'm like, yeah, look at the party started, right? Kind of thing. You are. You you are very much that person, that connector, Aww. that energy maker for sure. And I saw that very much at Dev Wars. <laughs> So I love technology. I love my iPhone. Like, I want, what's a new app? Like, how do I use it? Uh, So I've always liked tech. I've done digital marketing and that kind of stuff. And because of that, I started following women tech makers, Modesto on Instagram, you know, because I'm like, women, what tech? Modesto, what is this? You know, what is this page? Because I'm like, I'm a woman. I love tech and I'm in Modesto. So I'm one of those stories. And Daisy through women tech makers, Modesto, which is a Google volunteer sort of initiative, trying to get more women into tech, started posting stuff. And and I just liked it. And I just basically was like, okay, I followed it, right? And then, you know, a while after she sent me a DM, a direct message for those that are not technologically savvy, uh, saying, hey, I see that you're really connected in, in our community and I'd love to have lunch with you to talk about like uh, women tech makers, Modesto. And, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like I don't know anything about tech. I don't want to have lunch with her you know, all of my insecurities and fears of this smart, intelligent woman. Um, I mean, look at her. It's like, right. It's like, oh, she looks like she's in tech. I don't know what that means. It just came out. Anyhow. And so I told her like, I'm not in tech and I don't know what I could talk to. She's like, no, that's okay. So like, let's have lunch, you know? And so we did, we went to this incredible, like a uh, homegrown Thai kitchen in the hood. Right. I was, Cause she worked at a, a big Titan wine industry. I don't know if we're talking talk about that. But anyways, I was like, she's going to be this like techie person. I'm going to take her to a $6 joint to see it like who she is, you know? And I met her and she told me her story, right? Of like her tech story and like, you know, some of that, what she shared about her parents coming here. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in. I don't know what that means, but it means like, I'm like, have you talked to this person? Do you, I know that this person's doing things, you know, she's like, I have or I haven't. And I was like, I think that's all I can really do, right? Because I, I don't speak code and I'm not, I don't speak tech. And so that's how I initially met Daisy. Uh, and then through um, a different job that I had, uh, I met Roxanne. And the first day I met her, I asked her, like, what's like, what's your story? Why are you involved in this council that I met her at? You know, and she's like, well, I work at, you know, uh, in tech and I, I would like to get more women into tech, you know, and like, and, uh, and students, like, that's kind of my thing. And so I said, have you met Daisy? Have you heard of Women Tech Makers Modesto? And she's like, I haven't. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just had lunch with this woman. Like, you know, like for me, it's all about like the connections, right? And I'm like, you should get to know Daisy and, you know, get to Roxanne, you guys should talk. And so like I introduced them and then they started kind of vibing and the rest is history, really. You know, I, I kind of was jealous for a little bit because I'm like, oh, like they're becoming friends and I really like them. And, but I don't have anything to talk about that's tech, right? And, um, and through these two incredible women, they have broken down my own barriers of what it means to be in tech, right? It's an industry that needs all kinds of people. They need 
uh, energy and vibe party people, right? People that connect, they need accountants, they need developers. It's not just programming, right? And I was like, oh, really? And so like now I'm, I, I can't believe I work in tech and I can't uh, believe that I'm part of this like great trio, Three Musketeers of trying to sort of break some barriers down locally in our community here in Manesto, the Central Valley. So, yeah. Right. So that's a great connection story into how Daisy is a network, I want to say enforcer in a way. She is a network builder, if you will. And I love that about her and how you ladies came together. And there's a reason why I have these wonderful women on this podcast. It's not just, oh, they're from the Central Valley. Oh, it's that their stories are very unique in that a lot of us don't see ourselves in tech because we have this notion that we need to be software engineers. And you can be. You can get training for that or you can't build something with technology. And that's very untrue because you can meet wonderful women that are in tech that do the software coding and you can build things together. You can work for companies that are not, I want to say, the big fang, which is, you know, Facebook, Apple, Google, Netflix, you know, all the big ones that are like, oh, my God, those are the big shiny apples out there in Silicon Valley. No, every company needs technology. Every company needs innovation. Every company needs to understand what's happening with technology trends, right? So when I went to Dev Wars and have been at a few of these events that women Modesto tech makers and Google developers have done online and in person, they are talking about these things. This is a central valley. This is a place that nobody likes to look to because they think there is nothing valuable there. And there is plenty valuable resources. There are industries that are budding there and especially in agriculture, which we are going to talk about that in a podcast outside of this with another person who is on the global arena in ag tech and she is a Latina. So it's like these are, you know, where people aren't looking, there are things developing and that's why I have you on this podcast. So Roxanne, that's why I bring you into the fold too, because you have been brought into tech through working in the big industries, I want to say, of agriculture in the Central Valley, right? You were working at, I want to say, Foster Farms, correct? And that industry, if you think about it, they have a lot of folks that are employed in the Central Valley. And during the pandemic, they were still employed keeping food from all the people that were working outside of that in the agricultural industry, keeping this system going. So Roxanne, can you tell us your story? You know, you started in kind of ag tech, but now you're you're separate. Yeah, thank you, Teresa, one, for having us and two, allowing us this platform to share stories and connect with the audience. So how I got into tech, really, I had an alternative path. So college wasn't for me. I couldn't afford it on my own. And so I ended up in the military and about four years in, I was kicked out under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which allowed me to pivot. I look at it now, looking back, it wasn't a roadblock, but really a, a way to shift a fork in the road. And so when I started to look at the job market, a lot of employers were looking for that piece of paper, that degree from college. I had all this work experience, which is a little backwards, but no degree to match. And so that forced me back into school. 
And that is actually at the same time I moved to the Central Valley. So originally, I used to call San Diego my hometown. I'd been in the Central Valley for over a decade now and really started to realize what the Central Valley has. And that is a lot of agriculture, something I wasn't used to in San Diego. So right after school, I quickly pivoted to one of the big companies here in the Central Valley, being a poultry company, and got my foot in the door as a help desk technician, taking calls, helping people restart their computers, reset their passwords, and quickly realized I needed to continue building my skills outside of what my education taught me. It was great to have that piece of paper at the end of the day, but in, at the end of the day, it didn't really mean much when it came to work experience. I needed to learn technologies like SAP, how to code, how to write, you know, a spec document and all of that. When I got to a position where I was in leadership, I knew that I had to kind of shift focus on how was I going to help people make that transition faster than I did. It took me almost eight years to make that transition, gain enough skills to kind of climb that corporate ladder. And so I wanted to go back to my school, CSU Stanislaus, and really kind of help people bridge that gap. I was watching companies spend lots and lots of dollars recruiting and trying to hire outside of the Central Valley. It did not make any sense to me. So I tried to kind of go back into my surrounding areas and work with people that were trying to do the same thing. I think when I met Daisy and Carla, that process accelerated for me and coming back and, and trying to solve some of those problems. Awesome. And this is what we're talking about, building your network with women that are on the same mission. And I don't know if you're listening to this in a way that we're connecting the dots for you, is that these women were on a mission in tech, they saw tech, and they're like, I use tech every day. I use tech, I hold it in my hand. I use social media. I help communicate resources and I wanna build leadership. All of this uses technology in some degree of you know, platforms, applications that you use. And these are areas that maybe some people don't really find exciting, but these jobs will bring you the steps to go to the next place. If you're not happy where you're at, you can build on those steps to where you want to go, right? And we're talking about intention setting here because there's a lot of things here that these women didn't A, know one another, B, they were all on the same path of being curious about technology and where they could find technology and other women like them in technology to kind of say, hey, how can we motivate and do something here in our community? And I just want to put out there, Daisy, do any of you know, like the population of Modesto? I think we're like at 280,000. Okay, so the population of Modesto is 280,000, right? There are big companies that are invested in the Central Valley. I'm just going to name a few. There's Modesto Milling. There's Dairy. There's Foster Farms. There's a lot of fruit and vegetable. I think Dole is actually out there as well. So, I mean, there is so much in ag tech. And who is the biggest labor force in ag? Latinos! Yes, they are the biggest labor force. I mean, we are the biggest population here in California. So when you think about it, it only makes sense that we should be in tech jobs. We should be involved in ag tech. We should be developing and building innovative products and solutions because with all the services 
that people want around technology, right, in other industries, when you add more fuel to that fire, you need to have other products and services to kind of support the community. And then also you need to support those industries. So there's a reason why all of you are together, because there are solutions that you guys bring to the table or you bring a lot of the community together. So one of the things I want to bring up here is how you guys get involved with activating community. Because when I was at your Dev Wars Summit, you had STEM classes presenting projects, which were all mostly women, young ladies, presenting their tech projects at that event. You were also having side conversations or side rooms where people could learn a little bit more about their dev skills. And this was all for free. Yeah, I think that the biggest reason that we're doing that is to help communities like the ones we live in to see the potential that technology can have in their lives and in creating better jobs and creating higher paying jobs and to see that it's not out of reach for them. Because I think a lot of times people feel like these this is not for me. And if we brought that here to the Central Valley and brought people from Google and from these other big companies to say like, hey, we're here, like we're interested in this community and what you're doing. And I can tell you, like, we had such great feedback from everybody that spoke at that event and said, like, this is what it's all about. The yeah. communities are what it's all about. And we love seeing this. Yeah, that's why I have you guys here, because I said I need to get these women on the podcast to talk about the interest and the high energy and the potential of community really being interested in tech and the amount of investment that is not coming except for, I want to say Bitwise Industries is really spearheading a lot of that together and partnering with big companies. But there's other companies in the Central Valley that are also doing it, right? Like uh, Bay Valley Tech and there's other professional services organizations that are doing the development as well because you cannot have these industries, like I said, not being supported by other tech services, or, you know, if you want to get into healthcare, that's a huge opportunity right now. Major, major, major. Can I say something, uh, thing that you said about agriculture in Central Valley, right? Like, I think a lot of people, when they think of California, they think of uh, Disneyland and, and, you know, the beaches and the mountains and all this beautiful stuff, right? And like where we live, I just drove cross country and I'm like, it's like the Midwest, you know, we, I mean, we have fruit, right? So we have like almonds and we feed the world, right? Like 80% of, yeah, 80, right. 80% of the world is fed by our communities in San Jose County, Merced and San Joaquin. Like the reality is that these big companies, Foster Farms, Gallo, right? They rely on immigrant labor, right? Like that's who's working the factories. Like that's where my parents come from, working in those factories, working at Hans, doing ketchup. I mean, it's all that stuff, right? And so I think as a first generation, as a daughter of immigrants that were undocumented, right, working the fields and all that, what I believe for me, myself, I don't know, speaking for like women tech makers, just really for myself, is that these counties in the Central Valley need to maintain that, right? Because the people in power is the ag. They're the ag titans. And so I think it's great that there are companies like Bitwise, you know, they're trying to train people for tech. But I also think one of the underlying conversations that needs to be had is about the inequities and injustices of providing access to the underdogs, the underserved, the people that are working in those factories and that their kids, that's what they see. 
And I think what we're trying to do is break those barriers, right? That is like, no, like that's not acceptable. And we're willing to have, be brave and courageous, right? Because as we all know, like community is about the people in power and wealth. And those people are the ones in ag and they don't want to talk about the inequities of the realities. And I think why I'm involved in this tech space is that like the social justice lens of like, we need to help people get out of poverty. And if we don't have those conversations, like truth talk, right? Of like, yes, there are people, I mean, in many ways, immigrants are slave labor now, right? And uh, and tech, as that evolves, right? People will go where their work is, right? And where the jobs are, but it's bottom rung, right? And that is the truth in the Central Valley, whether or not people want to say it is or it isn't. And I think these kind of movements of bringing tech into spaces like this scare people. That's why I love this group of women and people like you that like they get it. You get it, right? It's like, that's the truth. That needed to be said. And you're here now, Carla. So if you're not a part of the initiatives of bringing more people of color in or they don't want you to be, then there's a problem and it's systemic, right? And we can see that in many industries, many. And I will just elaborate on that with you, Carla, that... I have seen it, and that's why this platform has started. That's why you ladies are here, because you're trying to break all those barriers. Right, and that's the thing, you know, we're not trying to burn bridges, that there are no bridges right now. Like, that's just the truth, right? And it's like, okay, we're building bridges, right? And we can't build them fast enough. And I think, especially in the Central Valley, like, which is weird, right? We're 80 miles from the tech hub of the world, right? Like, from Google, 80 miles. And it's like such a night and day. And I think that's for me. And then, you know, the, the ladies can speak to like them. But for me, it's like, how is that possible? You know, it's just like, it's like, and, and again, I know why, right? Because this area is ag. And ag is like, we don't want that, right? And it's like the small town mentality of like, we're small town, we're homegrown. Yeah, the people that own the, the businesses, the titans, right? Like it's, They've been here multi-generations or whatever, but what about the people that just got here? You know, I'd love to hear your perspective, especially you, Roxanne, because I think all of us have a social justice passion and mission because of things that have happened to our families, to us, and we want to build a bigger pool of equity because we know we've seen it and we've lived it, right? Roxanne, with you, you know, being in the LGBTQ community, A lot of folks that don't go to college, they end up going to the military. My grandfather and, you know, my uncles and my dad were all part of that because they had no money for education, but they were told they would get money, right, for education and that they would have great jobs when they get out and you get all these benefits. And yes, if there's no war going on, yes, but if there's a war going on, then it's like you're risking you know, you're rolling the dice there, right? So, I mean, I'd love to get your perspective and talk a little bit about that, which kind of motivated you to get into the industry, right? Yeah, for me, I was a straight-A student. I knew that I didn't have to join the military like many generations of my family did. But when it came down to it, at the end of the day, my mom couldn't afford to put me through school, working three jobs, supporting uh, being a single mom. And because my parents struggled with financial dependency, I knew that I didn't want to put more burden on my parents. And so I tried to go to school with whatever scholarship money I got. But at the end of the day, 
you know, to get that financial security, um, roof over my head, clothes on my back was to join the military. Unfortunately for me, that was during a time of war. So I literally risked, raised my hand and said I would go to war if I had to. And at the end of the day, that's not where my values lied. And then add on the layer of the LGBTQ plus stuff. Um, don't ask, don't tell. At the time, I wanted out and I got out, survived. Then to kind of pivot and then what am I going to do with my life now? I have a set of skills. I'm grateful for this set of skills, but I don't know how to go and use them. I have no mentor. My mom doesn't know what direction to put me on. I didn't have any corporate leaders, mentors in my life that I can lean on to. So I went to school and then I try to use all the resources I knew, whether that be in the community, at the college, until I met people, try to build up my network. And I was living in a new place. And so for me, I just did what corporate America looks like. My dreams look like a house with a white picket fence, a wife and kids. So I just kind of kept going down that path. But at the end of the day, I was just trying to serve my purpose and quickly realized that corporate life wasn't really that. I was just kind of going through the motions. It wasn't until I had kids in 2019 that I really was like, what's this legacy I'm going to leave here on earth? If I'm going to stay in the Central Valley, which I don't mind now, you asked me 10 years ago, but I want out of this place. Doesn't look like what I want to live in. Does it? They're not doing the things I want to do. It looks like it's in 10 decades behind. But I quickly realized that I could help be a part of the solution in my community and to start building those blocks with people like Daisy and Carla, like women tech makers, Medessa, that are going to help change this place and be the future where I do want to raise my kids and stay here and be the part of the solution. That's awesome. I love that. Do you feel that fire? Do you see that? She's like cheering up, right? Like, this is why yeah. I love, I think I love all these like women, right? Because it's like that fire, it shows up different for all of us, but it's so bright and like in, in all of us, including you, Teresa, right? And, and all of us that are trying to shift this narrative of women of color, right? The underdog. So, yeah. And I just want to say Daisy has been the catalyst for that. She's making it happen. She has a coding background, right, Daisy? I want you to talk about that, like being in that environment of seeing the only Latina probably in these coding classes, going through college, being a first gen, you know? For me, like my experience, yeah, I actually went to school in 2012 to study computer science and I wasn't very good at math. So one of the counselors was like, well, why don't you choose something easier, you know? And unfortunately, like I did listen and I, for many years, like I got lost in like what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until 2017, like I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And luckily, because I had taken some computer science classes, which yes, like I was usually like the only girl in the room and there was no other women to like compare myself to. I was the only one in many spaces. Um, I think it was only my first computer science class computer science class that there was one other girl and over time I saw like how hard it was for women to feel comfortable in these spaces and speak up because you're the only person that looks like you and sometimes you you have this imposter syndrome of like am I the only one that has this question like am I the only one that doesn't understand what they're talking about and so uh you hold yourself back there and luckily like in 2017 I applied to the CSU Monterey Bay's uh, fully online computer science program. They were the first CSU offering that program. And I got in and there was challenges there as well, but I was able to complete my computer science degree. And 
get my first development job at Gallo. So I was a Salesforce developer there for about a year and a half before joining Bitwise as a project manager. And there is so much imposter syndrome that goes on with like just being the only woman in the room. And I think a lot of women can look at that and say like, yeah, I've seen that too. And I felt that too. And having women around me that even had lived through some of that and have already had those experiences, it was helpful to get their feedback of like, how do I navigate the situation? And being part of Women Tech Makers, it empowered me to speak up in a lot of situations where I just said like, I can't do that. Like, no, I'm not going to, you know, just stay quiet. So if you can find your community of women that make you feel empowered. Yeah. Community engagement and a partnership, right? Uh-huh. Which is like my, it's my jam. Like I love connecting people to like, like I think it goes back to access, right? Like um, a lot of this, right? We talk about digital equity and access and, you know, women tech makers, I just want to say because of Daisy and her bringing this to our local community here in Medas, though, I never dreamed that I would be at a Google event, going to Google, Google paying for a flight to go to a hotel to like learn, be out around other women tech makers and other GDG people, right? And I'm like, Google developer group for those that don't know, it's like the devs, I don't know, developers that develop stuff. And you spoke there, right, Carla? I did. Well, yeah. Yeah, I did. Right. But it was like a, in more of a, you know, impromptu, like not, I'm not like, again, a, a developer or a technical, but I'm just myself. Right. And I think if someone's listening to this or watching and it's like, well, I don't know anyone in tech. Right. And like what you said, Teresa, is like, well, how do you get to know them? You do what Daisy did. Right. Like you go on social media, you can use social media to be like, what's local, you know, reach out on LinkedIn. Right. Like, Daisy is a master at that. And like, she just is like, hi, like I'm this and I'm trying to build that, you know, and can you make this happen? Right. And, and I think especially for women in, in any industry, right. It's like, how can I help you? You know, like, especially in our level, right. It's like, we scratch from the bottom to try to get to, we're not at the top, of course, you know, but we're middle management, I guess. I don't know what we call ourselves. Right. But in the industry that, that is our full-time job, right. But through women tech makers, it's like, we are the leaders. Right. We are the ones putting the events together. We're the ones struggling to like, how are we going to find money for food? You know, how are we going to try to get community again, the one percent that holds the purse strings to fund a ragtag group of women of color that are trying to elevate tech in a space that in a community that says that they want it. But, you know, saying something and that where's the action behind it, you know, and um, and so, again, it's like the access, like what what is that access to to this path? And it's hard because most people don't know that there are free training workforce training programs to learn this, right? Like with Salesforce, there's a Trailhead app, right? There's there are paths that you don't you don't have to go to college anymore. And and I'll get off my horse in, in a minute about that, right? Like I met uh, Roxanne because I was working at my alma mater, uh, director of alumni, and we were trying to get more students like to connect and, and have jobs after like they graduate right and they ha- you get this degree this bachelor's and what I know to be true now like again for me right is that like you get this piece of paper that the world has told you now you're worthy right and education in higher ed is a business just like everything else and especially for first generations right like it's like you are unworthy run because you're first gen right already and uh, so you have this like background of like living you're not Mexican you're not American you're not you know Filipino, you're, you know, it's like, where, who are you? You know, like what you're just trying to figure that out. But, and, and just learning that like all these young people have this piece of paper and still don't have the skills or the access, 
you know, or the connections, right? Because it's, you look, it's all about who you know. That's a secret. And you don't have to be out and loud to connect with people, right? You can do, we all do it differently. Like, you know, Daisy does it, like she said, one-on-one. Like, I'm like, social media, what's up, right? And people are like, you're crazy, right? And then Roxanne is like, hey, guys, you know? Uh, and so, but we all have that. We all need human connection. So, like, be brave, right? Like, be courageous and, like, chase chase after your dreams. That's why I'm part of this. That's why I love knowing you, right? And, and like, oh, my God, I, every person that's, like, passionate about this industry and what it can do to change lives, like, I want to know them, you know? And so, I guess I, I wanted to say that to anyone that's listening. I was like, well, I don't know anybody. Well, it's like, you can know us. So- you know four people right here, right, right. now. And uh-huh. you can find us on Soch, you know, and, and we'll get back to you. We're real people uh, that have families, right? That have kids that are, you know, overly involved. And somehow we still try to be like, hey, how can we help? Right? Like, and I think that's beautiful. It is. And, you know, that brings me to this next question about permission to think bigger. And when we think about our grandmothers and great-grandmothers and what they were thinking for us, if we can put that in our minds for permission to say, here I am today and look at what I'm doing. What do you think they would say to you about, I am so happy that you broke this mold, right? You're breaking the mold by thinking and allowing space for you to pursue your dreams. Right. So I want to get your in this closing, like the perspective on that about bigger thinking, having permission to be the person you want to be and how you overcame that. Right. Given all the obstacles. And there are still some today. Right. That are happening every day. We hear it on the television. It's in our lives. It could be it happened yesterday when you went to Starbucks to get a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? It's all around us. But what makes you move beyond that and gives you that permission to, to do what you do today? I think for me, one of the darkest times of my life began was when I was in Iraq. Didn't trust anybody around me with loaded weapons and being in a war zone. And then having that freedom, once I got out, I could be myself. And from that day on, I told myself I would be authentic. I would show up authentically. I don't care what that means. It had to shift a little bit when I started a family because now I have to think of more than just myself. But at the same time, I wanted someone at a high school I was speaking at to look at me and be like, she's authentic. She's real. I joke around like I cry a lot and that's not my normal persona. At least I try not to be that. But that's me. When I start talking about these harder topics, that's me. When I think about this bigger picture, I think my grandma is from the Philippines would be so proud. It'd be like, I can't even dream or imagine how far you've come. You know, my mom wanted me to be a nurse, an engineer, like these same types of things. And I was like, that's not what I want. And at the end of the day, I don't know if she really knows what I do on a day to day. You know, it's all dollar signs to her. Do you, are you financially safe? Do you, you know, how's your family? Are you happy? Those are the things. And, and for those reasons, I'm, I'm super proud because I am and I'm doing the work. And like I said earlier, I, I'm trying to leave a legacy, a path for my kids to not struggle with the things that we're struggling with, that they can be honest, transparent, loved at the end of the day. And that's all that really matters to me. Thank you, Roxanne, for sharing that. That was powerful. Yeah, I think um, for me, 
it closely ties into what Roxanne was saying is like family. My daughter is like my biggest passion. So I feel like she has helped me in just being alive to overcome a lot of situations, you know, and that's sometimes like when I think like, oh, I can't do it. Like I look at her and I'm like, oh, hey, I have to do it, you know, but I'm actually reading The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. And she talks about how we're scared to try new things because it's newness. We're scared of change. We don't want change sometimes. So it it's just learning how to navigate and break down what it means, you know, like we need to break that down. And it's uh, interesting that you talk about this because we're on our new journey uh, to start up our own business. And we're officially, <laughs> uh, today we officially started our business. It's called Yuda. And we'll be empowering, <laughs> we're working on empowering equity in emerging technologies. Uh, we're at very early stages. Uh, so we'll be working with blockchain to address the digital inequity gap. Oh my God. Okay. That's a follow-up podcast. Seriously. We're leaving, she's leaving us with a cliffhanger here, folks. Cliffhanger for next podcast. All right. <laughs> Carla, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, we're really excited about Yuta. I also want to say that this is a, a Daisy idea, right? This is what Daisy does, right? It's like she like dreams big. And then today, there a little planning session of like actually filling out our paperwork and, and, and making all those decisions, right? I get to be the person the permission is that I have safety in these women, right? That I can be vulnerable and like they know my truth. And then I can ask questions and I'm like, I don't know what that means, right? And my role in, uh, in you know, in Yuda and, and women tech makers is that lens of, I don't have an IT degree. I, and, and not because I don't want that. I, I don't want that. I'm too old for that. I don't, I don't want that, you know, but I love learning new things, you know, and, and how do we make that accessible, right? And like for me, again, like the social justice of, access and talking to people where it makes sense, right? Like what tends to happen in industries is that we talk acronyms, we talk our language, right? And that's a barrier, you know, that's a barrier to people already. And again, like wh where does this permission come from? I don't know. Like, honestly, like I want to be like, oh yeah, my grandma would be proud. You know, my grandma was very traditional, like, right? It's like a woman's place is in the home under, or, you know, with being of service to her family and I try to lean into that, but it's also like, I have dreams and I have visions, you know, and, and that's okay. It doesn't make me a bad, oh my God, I'm gonna cry, like a bad human being or a bad mom, you know, like I'm a human that has like desires and goals and, um, and like my goal and my purpose in life is to help other people connect to like prosperity and justice, right? And break those barriers down because um, people have done that for me. And, you know, the, the last thing is that we've talked about this, like a sort of our pre-recording, right? That this work is so hard, you know, it is, you know, it is every day. It's like, oh, another person threw a door in our face or, you know, like they don't want us here. They don't want to hear us or, or like you're being too outspoken, you know? And, um, and it's like, it's just the truth. These are the truths, you know, that you can't tell me that it's equitable. It just isn't, you know, um, and, and that permission, I think, comes from, like, just being that person of, like, being, you know, a kid, uh, people that are just trying to make it, you know, and, um, and, and to know that, like, you know, I have a child, too, and she's 10, you know, going on 22, um, 
that she can have whatever she wants, right? Like that all, all our children, right, uh, that we have, uh, their world's going to be different, you know, and it's going to be different because we're there to be brave, you know, and and cry a lot about people saying, no, we, wa- we don't want a Black Lives Matter sign at, at the Dev Wars event. Like, you can't have that here, right, in our community. And it's like, what the, you know, like, that's where we live. That's the truth, you know, and... um but there are people like where we're at today, you know, they're hosting our location. We don't have office space, you know, like we're looking for office space, you know, but we don't have money. But, you know, there's organizations like the Modesto Peace Life that's like you can totally use the space. You know, your values align with our values. You know? And it takes that kind of community and people, you know, that are like, we're right there with you. We might not be front and center, but we got you. Like we hear you. We're right here with you. And they're there are those people here in this community, you know, and we are all so grateful to all of them for having our back. And you're talking about allies, but I like to say accomplices, right? Like, like we're, you know, I think all of us, again, are vastly completely different, but we're in it together, you know? And I think as people of color and people that are white that are like, I'm right there with you. I'm walking with you. Like, I'm not just cheering you on. I'm, what can I do? What door can I open to build this bridge, right? To, to build the road to access and equity um, in the tech space, you know, in, in, in economic prosperity. Uh, I'm right there with you. And they're, they're here. Like, so like, I love meeting those people, right? And they're, and I love meeting people outside, like you're in Oakland, right? But you're from here. And it's like, what? That's awesome. You know, like that it's like, you're now you're this voice in our small little town gets to be amplified because of people like you that are like, this this story needs to be told, right? And it's like, yeah, it does because small town Modesto is just as small as Las Cruces, New Mexico, right? It's like these these neighborhoods of people of color that are that are in poverty, it's everywhere, right? And tech is a way out. It just is. And so, uh, like to me, like that's that's the permission. I don't need permission. I, I just need to be honest and, and tell it like it is. Yep. Thank you. That was awesome, Carla. And I mean, I'm I'm going to cry with all of you guys because you're doing such amazing work and your I want to say your fire really comes out in a lot of the work that you're doing with, you know, the industry that you're in. I want to say in women tech makers in Bitwise Industries, you know, you're very connected and there are community resources that are supporting you and it's just wonderful and I think a lot of folks out there have that opportunity if they just plug in somewhere um, and they look for it and they can make it happen there. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today on Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. The stories are so empowering, each one of them holding space for community by changing the narrative, by saying we can change things here in this small community. And they came together by their one purpose and shared desire and that is to make tech more equitable for future generations. If you'd like to reach out to Daisy, Carla, or Roxanne, you can reach them through LinkedIn under their profiles, Daisy Moraga Fuentes at Bitwise Industry, Carla Arias Davies at Bitwise Industries, and Roxanne Finks at Bitwise Industries. They also will have their LinkedIn in the show notes if you'd like to reach out to them. Or if you'd like to reach out to them to get involved with the Modesto Tech Makers, you can reach out to them through their LinkedIn as well. 
This podcast was sponsored by 5E Leadership and Marketing, produced by Teresa Gonzalez, audio engineered and co-produced by Robert Lopez. Please subscribe to our newsletter where you can find more small business resources, workshops, and also see previous podcasts that you may have missed that will be listed within our newsletter. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, please reach out to us at info, I-N-F-O, at latinasb2b.com. Gracias. Thank you.